We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. You mean God, in all of His divine power and the Holy Spirit of God, are not capable of perfecting the church and they have to hire the Father of all lies to perfect the church? you got to be kidding. I wasn't born yesterday and I don't think you were. Wake up, folks. It's time that we begin to see the devil's been lying to us for all these years. What do you think Paul was meaning when he said, in the last days, they'll teach doctrines of devils? There's nothing more a doctrine of a devil than the fact that God is the one that's giving you problems and stealing your finances and killing your kids. That is a doctrine of devils. Jesus said he's come that you might have life. Glory to God. Now, in Mark's gospel, the fourth chapter, see, we're talking about Jesus' attitude towards Satan. The parable of the sower. Now, I'm going to condense this for the sake of time. Jesus tells the parable of the sower. Then in verse 14, he says, The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, that when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, from verse 15 here, it would sound like it's bad news that when the word of God is sown in your heart, Satan can just come immediately and take it away from you. But I have good news for you. Read Matthew, the 13th chapter, in verse 19. See, don't just take one writer's account of it. Study all the accounts of it. Now, Matthew said it this way. He said, when the word of the kingdom is sown, and he understandeth it not. Now, see, there's the difference. If you understand the word of God and act upon it, Satan can't steal it from you. But if you don't understand it, Satan will steal it from you. In other words, somebody preaches to you that, bless God, that God wants you well, and the Scriptures prove to us that Jesus bore our sickness and our disease, and that we can be healed by the power of God. Thank God for doctors, but there's some things doctors can't do. And brother, when doctors have done all they can do, you better believe in divine healing. Somebody said, well, if I don't believe in divine healing, will I go to heaven? Yeah, I got good news and bad news. You may go to heaven, all right, but you may go early. <laughs> but you see, you teach someone that you don't have to die. The doctor said you're incurable. Your disease is terminal. You're going to have to die. There's just no hope for you medically. Well, I have news for you. There is hope for you spiritually. There's hope for you in the Word of God. There is no such thing as a terminal disease as far as God is concerned. But now, you see, if I preach that to you, then you go back to your unbelieving group of people, you know, maybe your coffee-drinking buddies, and they tell you, oh, don't you know that healing went out with the apostles? God doesn't heal anymore. See, Satan's come to steal the word. If you didn't understand it, you'll lose it. In fact, I remember a minister telling about a fellow came to his meeting that was paralyzed, totally paralyzed for several years, laid hands on him. He was healed instantly, walked home without his wheelchair. His pastor, bless his darling dumb heart, came over and visited him. See, now this pastor didn't believe in healing. 
And he went in and knocked on his door, and the man walked to the door and let him in. I mean, the man had been paralyzed for years, and here he was walking perfectly well. He let him in. The pastor went in. They went out on the back porch, sat down and talked. And he said, now, brother, he said, I know that you're excited about this thing, this emotional thing that's happened to you. But he said, now, you'd just be better off to not be healed as be healed by somebody like that because that's all the work of the devil. And he talked to him for 30 minutes. And when he got ready to leave, he had to let himself out. The man was totally paralyzed, couldn't get out of his chair. See, Satan stole it from him because he didn't understand it. He didn't understand it. No, thank God. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, here's the point I want you to get out of the fourth chapter of Mark. Jesus said Satan comes to steal the word. Wasn't the Holy Ghost. It wasn't God. Now, notice what he says. There are five things that he says Satan will use to steal the word. In verse 17, they have no root in themselves and so endure for a time afterwards when affliction or persecution ariseth. For the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Now what happened? They received the word with gladness, but they didn't understand it. And when affliction and persecution came, they got offended at the word. Now, there's a lot of faith people that do that. I mean word people. They say, oh, yes, I'm a word man. Where do you go to church? Down at the word church. What's your pastor's name? J.W. Word. <laughs> oh, it's word, word, word. But they confess a few things and pray for a few things, and then it doesn't happen in a few days, and they get offended at the word. Affliction. The first thing that Satan uses to steal the word from you is affliction. Now, that does not just mean sickness and disease. In fact, this word here means pressures of life. Now, that's a multitude of things, isn't it? That's financial pressure, but it would include sickness because that can put some pressure on your life, can't it? So that's the first thing that he says that Satan will use to steal the word from you. Notice why it came for the word's sake, to get the word out of you, to choke the word, in other words, keep the word from working. See, if a person misunderstands the faith message, they think, well, all i got to do is just say it three or four times and it'll just happen. I'll just confess a car and it'll appear in the garage. No, there's more to it than that. And see, when you misunderstand it, you become offended. There was a man told a friend of mine, Happy Caldwell's preaching in California. The fellow came to his meeting. He said, Brother Caldwell said, this faith stuff doesn't work. Oh, he said, it doesn't? No, no, he said, it doesn't. He said, I confessed 300 times I had a new car, and I didn't get it. Well, I see all he had was a formula. He didn't understand the principles of the Bible. He was just out to get something. Affliction and persecution. When it comes, immediately he was offended. And then he goes on to say, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world. Boy, now there's one. The cares of this world will choke the Word of God. You know what worry is? Worry is calling things that are not as though they were on the negative side. Now, you get all kinds of people that will just eat you alive, so to speak, for calling things that are not as though they were on the positive side. How in the world can you say you're healed when you're hurt? It's easy. Listen, thank God I'm healed. (laughs) 
Well, how can you say that? You're not healed. That's all the more reason I ought to say it. I'm calling for what I don't have. Now, does that make any sense to you? Why in the world would I want to call for what I already had? I'm calling for what I don't have. But you see, that same individual will get so worried about the cares of the world and they call things that are not as though they were on the negative side until they wear holes in their stomach. You know, you can get a guy healed of ulcers, and if he don't quit worrying, he'll be sick again in a few weeks. The cares of this world will choke the Word of God and the deceitfulness of riches. Oh, somebody said, Amen, brother. The deceitfulness of riches. Oh, people think that money is everything. Well, I'll tell you, there's another side of deceitfulness of riches that you may not have thought of. There's a lot of Christians that believe it's wrong to have riches. And that is just as deceitful as the other side. God doesn't mind you having riches. He just doesn't want riches having you. God wants you to have abundance. The Apostle Paul said, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might be made rich. Then somebody, you know, about two inches wide between the eyes and nothing between the ears, said, well, he's just talking about spiritually. Your elevator don't go all the way to the top if you think that's what he's talking about. Two whole chapters there, he's talking about nothing but finances, money. And he said, you know, the grace of the Lord Jesus, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Why did he become poor? So that you might be rich or have abundance. Now, how in the world can someone, if they're rich, become poor and make me rich? The only way they can do it is take what they've got and give it to me. And that's exactly what Jesus did. We have become heirs, joint heirs with him. Now, he came to this earth, and that was poverty-stricken as far as God was concerned. He suffered the curse of poverty that you and I might not have to suffer it. Now, listen, you can suffer it. And if you believe the devil's doctrine, you will most likely suffer it. Or if you continue to allow the devil to steal from you, you will most likely suffer it. But I'm here to tell you, folks, you don't have to. God has a way of prospering you through the Word of God and in your job and in your area of life beyond any measure that you could ever imagine if you'll believe the way God believes and get the same attitude that Jesus had. That He has come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, the other thing, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things. Notice, lust of other things entering in chokes the Word. See, now, none of these things will actually stop the Word unless they enter in. So let's be diligent not to let these things enter in and choke the Word of God, the promises of God, of the new covenant, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. God bless you. We do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. I trust that the Word of God has been a blessing to you as we're taught on developing the attitudes of Jesus. Let me remind you all of this week that our CD offer will be CD offer number 7231. It's entitled, Fighting the Good Fight of Faith. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19 
In 1 Timothy 4, Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Well, we know that eternal life is in Christ Jesus. John said, God has given to us eternal life, that life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. Now, you know, that's just the way it is. So he said, lay hold on eternal life. How do you do that? You do it by faith. You don't do it by fighting the devil. You don't do it by turning over a new leaf. You do it by doing what the Word said to do. The Scripture said, submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Well, somebody said, how do I know he'll flee from me? Because the Word said so. Now, you may argue with that. I did one time. I said, but he doesn't flee from me. But the Lord said, but I said he did. I said, I know you said that, but he doesn't. And he said, but I said he did. After he said that a few times, I finally got it. He was saying he did, and I was saying it didn't. And the Word said, I can have what I say, and I was having what I said. When I started saying what God said about it, then the devil did flee from me as I resisted him. But the problem is, if you don't submit yourself unto God and to his Word, you won't want to resist the devil and his ideas. But Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Now, the good fight of faith is a fight that you win. You lose a battle, that's not a good fight. There's something wrong there. He said, lay hold on eternal life. You fight the good fight of faith by believing what God's Word says, regardless of what happens to you in life. God's Word still says the same thing. That's offer number 7231. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Caps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.